Girlfriends, episode number 319, Embracing Your Life with Julia Hogan. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week we have a special guest, Julia Hogan, who's talking about her new book, which is all about embracing your life. It's a life lesson that all of us need. Let's get started. Hello, my friend. I am so glad you are joining me here on the podcast. Thank you for being a part of the Girlfriends community. Just by showing up, you are that. And just by showing up, you can know that you are prayed for. I always pray for the listeners of the Girlfriends podcast every week. So whatever it is you've got going in your life, know that I've got you covered in prayer. Thanks so much for showing up. So this week, I've got Julia Hogan on, who's a special guest who's going to be talking about her new book, But before we get to that, I just had this thought, this kind of theme that I've been carrying into the Easter season with me that I wanted to share with you because it is related to the topics that Julie and I chat about. Um, But part of my Easter challenge this year is about just being truly present in every moment of my life. So a lot of this is um, themes that I take on in my book, Whisper, Finding God in the Everyday, that that real challenge to find God in every moment of every day and all the ups and downs and crazy busyness and the noise and in the quiet. And yet this is an ongoing struggle for me. So I wanted to share this idea with you that we can give ourselves this Easter challenge, which Easter lasts for 50 days. So we we took on certain penances and practices and devotions during the season of Lent for 40 days. Well, it's kind of nice to take on a challenge for the season of Easter as well. And this is the one that I've been thinking of. And I've been challenging myself and others when I have the opportunity to just remove what I call when-then thinking from the way that we approach life. So what I mean by that is that we I know that I do this. I I sometimes have this habit of thinking about, okay, when X, then I'll finally be happy kind of thing. And I wanted to challenge you here at the start of the show today uh, to think a little bit about some things in your life that maybe you're tempted to think about in terms of when and then. Sometimes we're kind of hitting the pause button on our lives and we are failing. This is the true tragedy. We are failing to have gratitude for the gift of right now, what is right before you right now, the the work that God gives you right now, the people that God places in your life right now, the opportunities that are present to you to connect with and love others and do God's work right now where you are. So whether you're waiting to get married or waiting to have a baby or waiting for your kids to grow up already or waiting for a job opportunity or, you know, waiting for... <laughs> Who even knows what it is, you know, uh, or waiting for your marriage to improve, those kinds of things. Like, in what ways are you not allowing yourself to live in the present moment and embrace what is right now? Because that is actually all that we have is what God is giving you right now. You're not promised tomorrow. You're not promised any future. So don't rob yourself of the gift of the present moment. So look around you for what God is calling you to right now, right now in the circumstances you find yourself in. It's okay to have goals and to have plans and to have hopes for the future, but don't live there. Don't allow yourself to hit pause on your life because you're looking forward to some future thing. 
or you're looking forward to when some other thing is over, like graduating from school or, or something like that, or the kids get older and they don't need me quite so much or, you know, things like that. You're kind of wishing your life away. And I mean, I struggle with this as much as anybody else. So I'm, I'm, I'm not just, you know, preaching to you because I've got it all figured out. But this has been a kind of challenge that I'm bringing along with me this Easter season. And I wanted to share it with you in case it's helpful to just challenge yourself to think about what things in your life are you approaching in that way? And what ways are you tempted to kind of hit pause on your life and think, you know, of some future date or some future circumstance? And that's that's when I'm really going to start beginning, begin to live my life. I want to challenge you because that's not how God wants you to be living. He wants you to be living your life right now. And this is very much along the themes of what I had the opportunity to talk with author Julia Hogan about. I love talking with her. I could have talked with her for like four more hours, but um, we tried to keep it concise for sharing with you here on the podcast. So here is Julia Hogan. My guest here today joining me on Girlfriends is Julia Hogan-Werner. She's a licensed clinical professional counselor in Chicago and owner of Vita Optimum Counseling and Consulting, LLC. She attended the Institute for the Psychological Sciences for her graduate degree and has spoken at Deloitte, Notre Dame University, and Metro Achievement Center for Girls. She leads workshops and writes on topics related to self-care, relationships, and mental health. Her book, It's Okay to Start With You, is all about the power of embracing your authentic self through self-care. Her new book, A Work in Progress, Embracing the Life God Gave You, is now available. She's passionate about empowering individuals to be their most authentic selves. You can find more of her writing online at juliamariehogan.com. Welcome, Julia, to Girlfriends. I'm so happy you're here. Thanks, Danielle. I'm super excited to be here today. Looking forward to chatting. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's just dive right into. First of all, we're 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 going to talk about your your newest book, A Work in Progress. But we've got to touch on the self care because this is <laughs> such a topic for women. We have such a conflicted relationship with the idea of self care. And can you maybe just tell us, like, why why did you write that book in particular um, at that stage in your life? Oh, of course, yes. Um, I agree with you. It's a really important topic and I think it's really misunderstood. It's definitely a buzzword right now, you know, yeah. and I think I I love skincare. That is something that I just enjoy. Um, and but I've been seeing a lot of the skincare industry kind of co-oping or co-opting um self-care mm -hmm. and kind of equating those two, right? Like if you're practicing self-care, that means you're buying the latest serum or face mask or something <laughs> like that. Um, but what I write about in my book, and the first book is that self-care is so much deeper than that, right? Mm -hmm. That that's t that type of self-care, that skincare, that sort of thing, that's focused more on just like treating yourself, which isn't always a bad thing, mm -hmm. but authentic self-care is really looking at how am I, you know, coming from the viewpoint or the understanding that I'm created in the image and likeness of God and that I'm loved unconditionally by God. Right. And right. if I know that 
and I know my identity and I know I have a specific calling in my life, I need to make sure that I'm taking care of myself. So A, I'm that I'm honoring that I'm created and loved by God and B, so that I can go and be the best that I can be wherever I'm called to be in the world. Uh, there was a lot of bees in there, but you get the point, right? That it's, it's, um, if you're tired, if you're burnt out, if you're feeling resentful, that's all getting in the way of you being able to really live out your mission or whatever you're called to do. And that's, you know, whether that's in those day to day, super ordinary moments, or if it's in big, you know, life events and everything in between. So mm-hmm. my book really looks at, you know, these, I break it down into five different areas of self care. So your physical, your mental, your emotional, spiritual and relational areas of self-care and look at what does that look like? How do you implement it? There's a, the second half of the book is more of almost like a workbook reflection. So by the end of going through that second half, you should be able to create a self-care action plan. I have some sample ones in there too. And that all stemmed out of going through college and grad school and just pushing myself too hard. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, taking all of the classes, taking the hardest classes, doing all the extracurricular activities. (laughs) Um, you know, and then that led to like having no time. I remember one time when I was in, I was a junior in college and I had, um, I had my full caseload. And then I also had a internship where I had these meetings every week. Um, and then I also had the internship itself. And I remember one day, like getting home to my apartment with my roommates, like, you know, flung my bags down, (laughs) ran to the cabinet, grabbed like a bowl and some cereal, like inhaled some cereal. And then I was out the door, but that was like kind of everyday life during that semester. And I, like, I I burnt myself out. Um, so then I Mm -hmm. spent the summer feeling like, you know, I was hit by a truck, um, (laughs) and just, it was really bad. Um, and so it's, that was kind of a wake up call, right? Like you can't Mm -hmm. keep pushing yourself and pushing yourself, right? It's not worth it. If you're just going to be, you know, running your body and your mind down just Mm -hmm. to like achieve things or do great things. Right. Cause all the things that I was doing at the time, were objectively good and beneficial, but it w- I was not pacing myself or I was not really being picky about how I was spending my time and energy and making time to rest, right? Mm-hmm. Rest was like out the window at the time. <laughs> so, um, and so I definitely, I wrote that book kind of out of that experience, but also it serves as a great reminder for myself even today, because, you know, I didn't really learn my lesson in, college, that, that was a wake up call. But grad school, it was so easy to get back into that cycle of, you know, working two jobs, taking all of the classes, doing an internship. Um, and I've gotten a lot, lot better since then. But there's always that, that balance you have to find or that recalibrating, how am I taking care of myself? Because it changes too, from right. season to season, right? You know, if you're in college, self-care is going to look really different than life as a young professional or as a mom with young kids or as a mom with old kids or a mom as an empty nester, right? Like all of those. Um, So the book is really, I would say, an introduction to this totally different perspective on self-care, that it's not selfish. It's actually a way of honoring your dignity and your worth and helping you live out your vocation in the way that God wants you to, because you have the energy and you have the mental space and you're not stressed, right. Or you're Mm -hmm. not burnt out. So, um, yeah. And it's a, it's a quick read. I think it's something you could probably read in maybe a weekend, Mm -hmm. um, especially because the last part has the workbook, but, 
Um, yeah, a topic I'm super passionate about. I even included a chapter on self-care in my new book, um, just because I think it's so important. And I take a slightly different angle in the new book just to give some fresh perspective on it. But mm-hmm. yeah, self-care is, oh my gosh, I could talk about that all day. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> yeah, you have a lot to say on it. Um, and I think, you know, I love what you're sharing, though, because it is a, a topic that's kind of fraught with tension for for women, for a lot of women, because mm-hmm. I know when that's kind of a buzzword and you see it around, you're, you're so right that like, oh, does it mean I have to do like this 14-step skincare program <laughs> or I'm failing as a woman or as, as a daughter of God because I'm not caring for myself? Well, it, and, you know, in some ways, I, I've heard that kind of pushback from women. And like, well, I don't even like to take a bubble bath. Well, I'm like, it has nothing to do with taking a bubble bath unless that's what you want. Um, but I think, and we do struggle with that, that idea of feeling guilty about it or what kind of a balance we might have. And I can so relate to you describing your, your, you know, your life as a student when you were just taking on too many things. I think many of us feel driven by that. And mm-hmm. even, even as a young mom, I know that I did like, I need to be doing all the things like, you know, I was just um, recently talking with a young mom who's kind of balancing, you know, the beginning of motherhood with she wants to write. And she was kind of asking oh, cool. me for advice and doing that, right. And, and all I, I could tell her was, of course, the balance is going to look different for everybody. But give yourself space, like there's, there's time for, you, you know, everything, you don't have to do everything right now, right. And mm-hmm. sometimes we need that reminder that there are many good things we're called to do, but you're not called to do them all like before the weekend, you don't, you know, you can there, you've got a lifetime that God's called you to, to be faithful to him. And uh, so yeah, and pausing and caring for yourself in that process is really an important thing. So and I think moms need that, need that reminder. Um, and, and to know that you're not failing at it, if it's hard for you to, to find right. that time for self care that it's not another thing you're going to fail at, right? Like it's an invitation. hundred percent. Yes. That is so important. It's not, yeah, it's not another thing to get stuck in the comparison trap or the perfectionistic trap. And Mm -hmm. I often try to describe it to my therapy clients, um, you know, as it's a marathon, right? Like you can't treat life as a sprint because you will burn out, right? If you're trying to go 110% all the time. But if you take that marathon perspective, you're pacing yourself, right? You know, certain miles are going to be harder than others physically and mentally. I have never run a marathon, but I know people who do. <laughs> Seems like you've got the so, concept though. <laughs> I've got the concept. Yes. But don't get any ideas that I'm like out there running marathons. I, yeah, I admire people who can do that. Um, but anyway, just that idea of taking the planning ahead, pacing yourself, right? Not letting it become another thing that you have to get done, like you said, before the weekend and do it perfectly. <laughs> right, exactly. And I think that's really, that's the challenge, right? Because that there, there are so many ways that we struggle, especially as women. I think uniquely we struggle as women with this idea of perfectionism, this comparison to other people, such a distraction. Um, but let's let's move into the topics um, that you cover in your newest book, which is freshly out from Our Sunday Visitor, A Work in Progress, Embracing the Life God Gave you. This is really a look at this concept of vocation, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yes, it definitely is because it really looks at you. I guess I should backtrack and kind of set the stage here. I think I've noticed a lot in my work with my clients that there can be two different approaches to finding purpose in life or knowing what your vocation is, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and, And I talk more about, you know, not vocation in the sense of like, 
married versus religious life versus um, like consecrated single life, but more how am I called to do good in this world, right? Mm -hmm. By God. And I've noticed that people can kind of tend towards two extremes. So there can be the sort of like passive approach. Like I can't control what happens in my life. Like God has given me a vocation. So like, he's going to somehow put it in my path (laughs) or like, there's nothing I can do. Right. So Mm -hmm. like, it is what it is. I've just got to like keep going, moving through life, but not really being active participant in it. And then on the other extreme, I think I see this more intensity in, I need to control everything, right? Like I am in charge of making sure that I do things perfectly because that's what God has called me to do. And I have to just like, you know, go, go, go. Mm -hmm. I have to be perfect. Um, But neither of those leave room for that, that, like teamwork approach, I think that there is in vocation, right? That God has called us to say, he invites us to our vocation and he kind of unfolds it and unravel unravels, you know, the, the knots and things so we can see it. But then we are called to follow or to, to pick up those tools he's giving us or to grow the talents that we have and like be an active participant in that vocation. So mm-hmm. this book is really breaking down. How do you figure out what your unique purpose is and then what tools do you need to live that, you know, active participant life in your vocation so that you're not just saying, well, it's in God's hands. So, you know, he's, it's his will, right? Right. Like he's, what's going to happen is going to happen. Or the, like, I have to control, you know, my, I have to be like above and beyond at work and I have to hit a certain paycheck amount, you know, by this time and be married by this time and have this many kids or have this house and live in this place. Right. Like there's so many things that are outside of our control that are distractions, I think in a sense. So this book is really, I, my hope is that it's an empowering book, that it's really an invitation to say, you don't have to have it all figured out. Like, that's not the point in being successful in life. <laughs> like we are all a work in progress. Like that's exactly where we need to be, what we're supposed to be, because we will never be a finished product until we get to heaven. I think, mm-hmm. um, if that's theologically accurate <laughs> to say, <laughs> it is. Yeah, yeah, um, we are all works in progress. And, right? and that's why I love the title of the book. And it really gets at, I think, this, everything that you share, whether it's online or in your first book or in this book, it, it is very much that theme of embracing where you are and knowing who you are and how important those are to our sense of well-being and, and satisfaction every day. Yes. And I think that those everyday moments, you know, in life, outside of those big milestones are really opportunities to be living out that vocation and knowing your identity and saying, yeah, just because I'm, you know, maybe I'm, I don't have the job that I want. It doesn't mean that somehow I'm, well, A, a failure, but also B, that there isn't value in my life right now because there absolutely is. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think my goal was, like I said, to make the book an empowering message, right? Not, well, here's all the things you're doing wrong, but more like, it's fine. We'll figure this out together. Here are some (laughs) tools. Um, And then a lot of the skills that I cover in the book, like challenging expectations and how to make decisions, how do you set boundaries, Mm. um, you know, finding your strengths, finding your talents, those sorts of things. Those are all skills that I wish I had learned when I was in college, in grad school. And I really, you know, only started finding out about like, expectations and how sometimes we 
make assumptions about ourselves and other people in the world and they're not accurate or true, but we think they are. So we're responding in that way. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and so learning about these things and, and seeing the value of them, not only in my personal life, but also in my work with my clients really led me to writing this book because I just feel very strongly about this topic and I want young adults and actually anyone at any point in their life, right? If you're interested in, you know, learning more about living a purpose-filled life, um, I think you would benefit from this book no matter what point you are in your, in your life. Um, because you don't, you don't get it all figured out at no. any point. Right? Like no. I, I can tell you, because I'm almost 50 and I'm still like, I have not arrived. Like. Right. Like what? What's next? Oh yeah. I was chatting with a client the other day and they were saying, you know, I really wish that someone had told me that adults don't have it all figured out and then that's okay. Because right. that would have taken a lot of pressure off of myself when I was sure. younger. I was like, absolutely. Right. It's mm-hmm. like, it's okay to not have all the answers, but I think also to trust the, again, that marathon analogy, right? That I'm at some point in this journey and maybe I don't have the information now or I don't have the answers now, but it doesn't mean that I'm never going to get them. It just means that the timing isn't there. Exactly. And I think that's a serious source of frustration, especially when I was younger, I can, I can very much relate to that idea of thinking, why, why does everybody else have this thing figured out? I don't. And, um, and that, and the revelation that it is, as you kind of have more life experience, and you're like, oh, other people don't have it figured out, they're struggling too, and maybe in slightly different ways. But like you said, I wish I knew that, because that would have saved me a lot of anxiety, like, especially in in the church. So let's talk about that specifically, because there's this temptation to like, have this ideal, ideal marriage, ideal family size, ideal, you know, work situation, or, or whatever whatever it is that you kind of set up as an ideal in your mind and you're living out of your vocation in the, the church isn't necessarily going to look like what you think that is. There's so much room for variety there and even room for variety in the things that you anticipate that you feel like you're called to in life. Like God surprises you sometimes and it can be challenging to kind of make your peace with that is when you've got this kind of ideal in your mind, this way that we women kind of beat ourselves up with not being there yet. Yeah, I think that's so true because I think that, you know, we have these examples that we, you know, people we admire, maybe Mm -hmm. it could be saints, it could be contemporary figures. And, but I think we, we start to like move from the, oh, this person's inspirational to now I'm comparing myself to this person. And I'm, you know, really like to your point, Danielle, it's like an apples to oranges, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's fantastic. You have, you know, this relationship that I'm seeing, you know, maybe on social media or something, for example, or your family looks like this. Um, but you know, a, it's not the full story, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody has their own struggles, but then B the, you know, back to that idea of apples to oranges, um, you know, I'm comparing myself, if I'm comparing myself to someone who, whose family is totally different, maybe it's the, you know, financial differences, or maybe it's personality differences, or, you know, there's other unique challenges. Mm -hmm. Then when I, compare myself here, I'm setting myself up for failure, essentially, right? Because I'm comparing myself to something that isn't even right. <laughs> relevant. Right. Um, and then too, like you were saying, there's so much um, variety for how we live our, out our vocations. And I think that's such a beautiful thing, right? Mm-hmm. That we're not all like these cookie cutter, yeah. um, you know, like robots, or there's only <laughs> like one way to be holy. And we see that in the lives of the saints, right? Like just the sheer variety of the different types of saints. And I tried to highlight 
a few of them, um, you know, I wouldn't say, well, maybe lesser known. I don't know, maybe less like popular saints um, I tried to highlight in the book. But my point more being that um, variety is good. And so focusing on your unique call, right? Like God has given you, he's put you in a specific place in life. He's given you a specific support network or people in your life that you are called to, you know, um, work with, do good. And he's also given you a unique set of talents and Mm -hmm. strengths and characteristics. And we're called to cultivate that. And I talk about that in the book, but Mm -hmm. I think focusing more on that, right? Like what is the unique sort of gift package that God has given to me rather than worrying about, you know, what it looks perfect in someone else's life because I will always come up short when I measure myself there. But if you're focusing on, okay, what does, maybe what does a healthy marriage look like within my relationship or what does a healthy family look like given my kids' personalities, their ages, you know, all the family dynamics, all those sorts of things. Or what does it look like to live a healthy work-life balance in this season of life that I'm in. And that's going to look really different um, than someone else. Right. Because, because we're different. Because you're you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's so hard for us to to remember that. And, you know, we can't even have this conversation without talking about social media, because I think this is such a, you know, it's such a powerful force. It can be such a powerful force for the good, but Mm -hmm. in so many ways, it's a powerful force for negative things in our life. Like this comparison, it makes it so easy to compare ourselves to something that doesn't even exist, right? Something that's (laughs) not real and to worry that we're not measuring up to this thing that is imaginary. Can you talk a little bit about that? Oh, for sure. Um, Yes, I do think like, I think in particular, social media can be is, I would say neutral, but how you use it, right? Mm -hmm. That's the big thing. And I think it's really easy to start using an app, you know, whether it's Instagram or TikTok or Facebook or whatever else, and to start just getting sucked into either that comparison trap, right? Like yeah. here's all these people and here's how I don't measure up or my life's not perfect. Um, or it's, I think, really easy to become dissatisfied with your life because you're starting to see these like curated images of things, right? Well, my house doesn't look like that or my family doesn't look happy all the time like right. that. Or, um, you know, I don't have like this beautiful, perfect meal. Like, does that mean I'm failing as a mom or as a wife? Mm -hmm. Um, and then also too, I think just even, um, you know, with body image or things like that, um, I follow some accounts and they're basically devoted to showing you how, um, you know, things that look real aren't and how Photoshop works or Mm -hmm. video editing or app editing things. And it's just kind of wild. Um, right. You know, you're like, oh my gosh, nothing's real. <laughs> I know. Even just the filters. Edited. Like the yes. filters on Instagram is such a, a pet peeve for me because... Oh, yeah. I mean, I recently like... There's this woman that I follow because I, I, I raise chickens and I love chickens. And so I, I follow this woman who's a chicken farmer and she came on and she was doing this like live video. And I was like, oh, I want to hear her talk about her chickens. She had this crazy, you know, super glammed up kind of mm. filter thing on that was so obviously a filter. And I was like, what is going on? Like, you can't show your real face and talk to me about chickens. Like, oh, yes. you know, and it's so sad to me. And so I've been pulling away from using that kind of media myself mm-hmm. just because it gets overwhelming at a certain point where you're like, how fake is everything on here? And, right. and you can succumb to the pressure of that without even realizing it. 
Yeah. And I think whether you have, you know, whether you're just following family and friends and you have a private account or you have a, a larger account, I think, you know, thinking about what message am I sending right. to people, right? That if I feel like I need to filter things, um, you know, am I, what, what message am I sending to my kids or to mm-hmm. girls who are maybe following my account or even friends, right? right. Um, you know, I think it's, uh, I think filters can be maybe fun mm-hmm. to use, but I personally don't use them. Um, but I know that there are some people who, you know, if they are, um, if it's a professional account and they don't have time to kind of like put some makeup on or something, right. they'll use a filter just to kind of give a more professional image. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't like filters, but um, <laughs> I can understand why some people want to use them. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it's always sinister, but I, no, I've, no, I, no. <laughs> I personally have had enough of seeing them. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I think we do, I think one of the values of social media is we want that connection, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think authentic connection is so important. And sometimes things like filters or knowing that something's heavily edited removes that ability for an authentic connection because now we're we're not interacting with something that's like real. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think we, we, we recognize often enough just how, you know, how these, these subtle things send messages to us, right. Mm-hmm. Or, or that we're being formed in a way, and especially think of our young people, um, yes. you know, but just like, here's what, you know, here's what actual human skin looks like, you know, <laughs> like, right? not like yes. that, or here's what an actual, like real female body looks like, you know, that right. we, should, we should know that. And because otherwise you're, you're seeing these, filtered images constantly or these photoshopped images and then you know think of the young girl who's looking in the mirror after that and like she just has a real body and real skin and real hair and right. you know that just breaks my heart so I think we need to be more aware of that and maybe a little mm-hmm. bit more discerning of how we're using things like that um, I would agree I think even just um you know an easy thing with that is just looking at you know these accounts that you're following are they inspiring and motivating you or mm-hmm. are they feeling more like they're becoming this comparison or, you know, Ooh, let's see what so-and-so is up to. So I can kind of, I don't know, like hate on them or criticize <laughs> them. Right. Like just cut those people out, right. Unfollow right. them or mute them. And, you know, to have your, your account be an uplifting space and motivational space, then that can actually be, I think, um, you know, if you want to take a break or something and go on social media, it can be a true break, right? Mm-hmm. Rather than getting sucked into, you know, oh, this person's doing this. And now suddenly I'm, you know, exiting out of the app and I'm feeling really awful about right. myself. That's yeah. the opposite. I think it's really important to pay attention to things like that. That's, that's really, a really helpful reminder. So we're, I don't want to run out of time before we talk about boundaries, because this is a topic that you cover in your book, um, A Work in Progress. And this is one that we've had whole episodes of Girlfriends here where we talk about boundaries because mm, we struggle with this. Why is it so hard to set a boundary, especially for women? Yeah, I would. It's, uh, it's one of my favorite topics to talk about. I love talking about like faulty expectations, but also boundaries and mm-hmm. self-care. Those are like my big three. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, so boundaries, I think, are tough because we get confused with why we're setting a boundary and what it means to set a boundary. Because Mm -hmm. I think sometimes, well, especially as women, we are just gifted with being aware of relationship dynamics and wanting to kind of um, like help everybody get along, right? Like tend to relationships and nurture relationships. Like it's such a gift 
And I think sometimes we can easily get stuck in the, well, I'll, I'll sort of like take the, um, like I'll take one for the team, right? Mm -hmm. Like I will offer you understanding or compassion or I'll, you know, like, okay, fine. You know, I'll, uh, I'll, I don't know, like trying to think of an example. I'm kind of falling up short, so I'm sure I'll come up with something in a second, but, um, but that idea of kind of like, I'll just take one for the team here, but then that becomes a problem. And we start to feel like, a human doormat, right? Where right. it's like, well, everybody's asking me for things, family and maybe volunteer work or, or work life. And I just feel like I'm giving and giving and giving and no one's giving back. And now I'm resentful and angry at people, but it's really hard for me to say no, because I don't want to be mean, right? Or I don't want to make the person feel bad or, you know, mm-hmm. those sorts of things, right? Yeah. So I think a big part of boundaries, and I do talk about it in my book, um, is taking a different perspective on them, right? And Mm -hmm. thinking, okay, when I'm in a relationship where we, and this can be any type of relationship, right? It could be a friendship, family, work, romantic, any of those. But when I'm in a relationship where there's mutual respect and authenticity, I set boundaries and the other person sets boundaries and we're not even labeling them as boundaries because it's so organic and it's so seamless. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, someone might say, oh, can you take on this extra project? And if I say, no, I'm so sorry, I can't. I'm really swamped right now. I wish I could help. And then the other person says, okay, cool. Just wanted to check. I'll find someone else. That's a boundary that's being set right, right. there, right? You're it feels saying, easy in that relationship It's so though. easy, right? <laughs> because you know the other person's going to respect it. You feel comfortable in that, right? Right. But when you get in situations where maybe someone is not used to being on the receiving end of a boundary mm-hmm. or they are uh, just boundary pushing, a boundary pushing type, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure, you know, you've met people in your life where they have strong personalities. Yep. Um, you know, and if you consider yourself more of an easygoing person or more of a people pleaser or something like that, those can be the tricky situations, right? right? Where you're having to really be assertive, set a boundary, maintain that boundary, and it's not always fun, right? And that's the thing about boundaries, I think, is people talk about how important they are, and of course they are, but we also don't acknowledge, like, it can be not fun to set and maintain a boundary, For sure. right? It might mean someone else gets upset. It might mean that we have to um, deal with the discomfort of saying no to someone when we really don't like saying no. Right. So there's a lot there and it's okay to feel like boundaries are scary or uncomfortable mm-hmm. or intimidating to set because like I was mentioning before, I never even heard the word boundary until grad school. And then I started doing my own research on it after that. And, um, well, looking up research, not conducting my mm-hmm. own research, just to be clear on that. Um, and really, I was I was thinking like, gosh, this is so important. And it's part of a healthy relationship, right? Mm-hmm. It's not an extra thing or it's not yeah. something you only use in, in challenging relationships. It's something you should always have. And that was really enlightening um, to me. So I think even just recognizing it can be uncomfortable to set boundaries is really important because if you're feeling uncomfortable, it doesn't mean you're doing something wrong or it doesn't mean you're not good at it. It just means that it's 
this is a new situation and your preference would be to just have everybody get along and we know each other's boundaries without communicating it, but it's right. not. So you're yeah. having to be a little more assertive than you want and step outside yeah. your comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, that that's so that's so important to recognize that it, it can feel difficult. It can feel hard to do. And depending on your temperament, very hard to do sometimes. I know that for me, my husband, Dan, has been so helpful to me with regard to setting boundaries because I don't do it naturally. I just say yes to everybody because I want to make everybody happy. Um, but I just, I remember very distinctly when one of our kids was little and we were sitting at the dinner table and whoever it was, the little toddler just climbs into my lap and started eating out of my plate. And Dan, like from across the table was like, no. And it had like, no, you don't, you don't eat out of her plate. You sit in your seat and you eat out of your plate. Like, and it hadn't occurred to me like that, you know, this is my, my kid. And, and I thought that was a really healthy thing. Not that it's terrible for a kid to eat out of your plate, but it hadn't occurred to me. And that, you know, there was Dan like showing me like, it's good and important to set limits in this way, you know, and to respect other people's space, respect other people's things, respect their dinner plate. Um, But, you know, so that was really kind of eye opening for me because I was like, oh, he's just naturally good at that and seeing Mm -hmm. those kinds of situations and addressing it. So I have leaned on him through the years. But one other thing that came to mind when you were talking was um, my my sister once told me, and this was a revelation to me at the time, she said, no is a complete sentence. Like Mm, you can just, I mean, and not that you always want to respond with just no to things, but I always felt this compulsion to explain to everybody Mm -hmm. like why I can't do that thing. But you can just say, that's not going to work for me. And you don't owe everybody an explanation and certain relationships, you don't owe them anything more than just, no, I can't do that. Absolutely. Yes. I think that is just, um, it kind of sends the message like, it doesn't have to be complicated, right? Mm-hmm. Like if we're, you know, wanting to build healthy, authentic relationships, we respect one another. And if someone says no, we respect that no, and we right. don't, we don't need an explanation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and but I think, you know, if we're like, you, like you were saying, Danielle, if you want to be able to say yes to everything, mm-hmm. sometimes I. I think we we give explanations almost to like convince ourselves too, right? Like, no, I really can't do this, and right. I need to tell you so that I remind myself I don't have time for this. Um, because I think too, a lot of the things, like your example with your toddler, um, and you know, taking on volunteer work or anything like that, right? All of, they're not necessarily bad things. It's mm-hmm. just more: do I have the time and energy to like really be? the best that I want to be in those things, Mm -hmm. right? If I don't have the time or I don't have the energy or, I mean, boundaries can definitely be in situations where something's just like not appropriate, right? Right. Um, You know, maybe like work not calling you on a Saturday on your personal cell phone for something, right? Like that's a, um, but that, you know, I think uh, boundaries can be, um, they're just a way of honoring, you know, what you've already said yes to or what's a priority and kind of not getting distracted by like the extras that are going to just kind of prevent you from doing a good, I don't want to say a good job, but, um, Mm -hmm. you know, like pouring your time and energy into things that matter and right. that you're called to focus on. Yeah. Yeah. Showing up in your best way. I think that these are things uh, that yeah, get in the way of that. Oh my gosh, Julia, I could talk to you forever about this stuff. This is so important. These topics are so relevant to our experience as women and the, the common struggles that we have. And I'm just so grateful to you folks. Her book is called A Work in Progress, Embracing the Life God Gave You. 
all of these topics and lots more in the book if you want to dive deeper. Um, Julia, where can people go to find out more about you and about the book and anything else you've got going on? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you can, my website is juliamariehogan.com. Um, and you can just see links to articles I've written there. Um, you can see both of my books are there. You can order signed copies um, through that. And then you can also order the books on Amazon if you like free shipping, which I totally get. So you can search <laughs> them both on Amazon. Um, and then I do, so I send out monthly newsletters, which you can sign up for on my website. And then I also post a lot on Instagram. So I'm Julia Hogan, LCPC. So if you're on Instagram, you're welcome to give me a follow and come say hi there. Um, and I just post a lot about basically the things you and I were talking about today. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I'm most passionate about. Obviously. I love it. You have such a gift (laughs) for sharing about these important topics. Thank you so much, Julia, for coming on Girlfriends and sharing it. Thanks so much for having me. It's been fun. Awesome. So fun. All right. We've got more of the show coming up for you. But first, a quick break. I'm Danielle Bean, and you're listening to the Girlfriends Podcast. If you're looking for a way to learn more about your Catholic faith, I invite you to check out the Ascension Presents YouTube channel. You're going to find tons of free videos featuring Catholic presenters like Matt Frad, Leah Darrow, Jackie and Bobby Angel, and Emily Wilson. Go to youtube.com slash Ascension Presents. That's youtube.com slash Ascension Presents. And if you like what you see, please share and subscribe. Welcome back. Now we're at the point in the show where I like to share with you some listener feedback. So this is the part of the show that you can be a part of. If you want to send me an email, danielle at daniellebean.com. Connect with me on social media. I'm Danielle Bean on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Would love to hear from you in any of those places. If there's a topic you'd like me to take up on the podcast, or if there is a question that you would like to have answered, not that I have all the answers, but um, I'd be glad to hear what you're struggling with, what your challenges are and um, what kinds of topics you'd like to see here on the podcast. And this was really interesting feedback that I got from listener Katya this week. Um, She says, Dear Danielle, I'm a regular listener of your podcast, and I appreciate your positive and warm approach to your faith and others. I love that you're focusing on our faith, and and instead of dividing, you are bringing people together in a spirit of authentic and beautiful Catholic faith. So thank you for all of your wonderful work. I am originally from Finland, but we currently live in Colorado, where my husband is from. I grew up in a non-practicing Lutheran family, and I didn't know anything about the Catholic Church before I met my husband, who grew up in a big Catholic family. I fell in love with the Catholic faith, but for years there seemed to be a huge gap between my nationality and my faith. I thought I was the only Catholic Finnish woman in the world. However, it has all changed now. Thanks be to God. I have finally gotten to know other Finnish Catholics, and I've come to learn that there is actually a vibrant, growing Catholic community in Finland. About a year ago, I was blessed to connect with a group of young Finnish Catholic women, and we started a blog together. It has been an amazing journey. Writing in Finnish after so many years seemed first very hard, um, not even to mention how scared I felt at first to share personal stories on the internet. After some hesitation, I decided to join the blog because I wish I would have known other young Catholic ladies when I joined the church 23 years ago. So besides wanting to thank you, I wanted to share the link to our blog with you. Maybe some of your listeners are Finnish and maybe they're like me and have a desire to connect with other Finnish Catholics, especially with women. So please share the link with anyone who might be interested. Thank you so much, Danielle. May God bless you abundantly, Katya. So Katya, thank you so much for sharing that information. I found that fascinating because not everybody listening is going to be a Finnish Catholic woman, but I think we can all relate to that idea of feeling like, 
well, I'm the only one that is in this particular category. And yet you're probably not. And there can be a lot of joy in connecting with other people who share your circumstances or share your background, share your perspective on certain things, a lot of joy and growth in your faith that way, but just a lot of, you know, friendship, the the kind of friendship that God means for you to have can be cultivated in that way. So I'm thrilled that you did that. And so I'm going to share the the link over in the show notes at ascensionpress.com. Um, so I don't even know how to pronounce it, but I'm going to try marianmatcasa.com. I'm going to spell this out for people. M-A-R-I-A-N-M-A-T-K-A-S-S-A.com. So you, you can check that out. That's the blog site, the group blog that Katya is talking about where she's sharing in Finnish with other Finnish Catholics about their Catholic faith, if anybody is interested in that. But if you have a particular ethnic background or a particular life experience and you're looking to connect with other people who might share that life experience, but also their Catholic faith, in today's world, that is more possible than ever. So connecting on the internet is can be a wonderful tool, a wonderful way to connect with other people who share your life circumstances or your background or your particular unique perspective on things. And that can be so encouraging, especially as you're kind of growing and learning more about your faith. So I love that you've done this, Katya, and I thank you for sharing your experience there because I'm hoping it's going to encourage and inspire other people who might find themselves in similar circumstances and would be looking to connect. Again, the link to check out that Oh, that blog, that group blog that Katya mentioned is going to be in the show notes for this episode of the Girlfriends Podcast over at ascensionpress.com. Okay, that's all the time we have for today, but I wanted to give one last um, little notice to people who I, I hear from people all the time that are reading my book, You Are Enough, What Women of the Bible Teach You About Your Mission and Worth. That is my book that's published with Ascension Press. It's available over at ascensionpress.com, which is focused on stories of women in the Old Testament. So um, looking at those stories and looking for ways that those stories and the themes of those stories apply to our lives as modern women today. really was a fascinating book to research and put together. And I love hearing from women that are doing this together with their women's groups. And not everybody knows, but there is a discussion guide that's available. So it's like a companion journal that has uh, small group discussion questions in it. It's available to you absolutely for free. I would be thrilled to share that link with you. If you want to connect with me and ask for a free copy of that to share with your women's group, or even just to go through the book on your own, it's a great way to kind of dive deeper into some of the themes that we explore in You Are Enough, What Women of the Bible Teach You About Your Mission and Worth. Send me an email, danielle at daniellebean.com. I'd love to get you a free companion journal for that book. Other books of mine um, that have a companion journal are You're Worth It um, and Giving Thanks and Letting Go. And finally, Whisper, Finding God in the Everyday. If you're interested in a companion guide because you want to do one of those books with your women's group, or if you just want to explore some of those themes on your own in journaling on your own, the companion journal is a wonderful tool for you. So just send me an email. I will be glad to send you any of those free of charge. All right, that's all the time we have. But thank you so much for being here today. I am so grateful that you are part of the Girlfriends Podcast community. Thank you for being here today. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between daniellebean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation. 